Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, so it's on. Uh, He's running. I don't think that's exactly breaking news. I think everybody expected Donald Trump to run, but now it's official. And uh, I got a couple points on this today. I want to go into it. I want to assure you, everyone, listen, um, I I promise you sound analysis here. You know my personal feelings. I'm obviously a supporter of uh, President Trump. I've been honest about that for a while, but... I want everyone to feel comfortable here going forward that uh, we're going to talk about it in a sound way where everybody who supports any candidate, you can be comfortable listening on the show. I want to give you the analysis you need. All right. So have no fear. I want to show you the liberal media reaction too, and how Trump can't win. It doesn't matter what he does. The the liberal media is just going to lose your mind. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Privacy. It's a right, not a privilege. Get a VPN. Go to ExpressVPN.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino show. I got that. Got some highlights of his speech. Got uh, from the We Told You So file. Pegasus is back. What's Pegasus? It's not the winged horse from Clash of the Titans. It involves the FBI and surveillance on you. We warned you a year ago. We'll produce the receipts. ExpressVPN, using the internet without it? It's like leaving your laptop exposed at the coffee shop table while you run to the bathroom. Most of the time, you're probably okay. What if one day you come out of the bathroom and your laptop is gone? Every time you connect to an unencrypted network in cafes, hotels, airports, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data. It doesn't even take a lot of technical knowledge to hack someone. Just some cheap hardware is needed. A smart 12-year-old could do it. Your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling your personal info on the dark web. I use ExpressVPN because it creates a secure encrypted tunnel between my device and the internet so hackers can't steal my sensitive data. It'll take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. And ExpressVPN is super easy to use. You just fire up the app, click one button, and you are protected. It works on all devices, phones, laptops, tablets, and more, so you can stay secure on the go. We love it. We love our internet security here. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino, and you can get an extra three months free, expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Get it today. All right, Joseph, big day today. Let's go. And we're off, brother. Yes, in more in more ways than one. So <laughs> without further ado, a brief interlude to hear from Donald Trump, who is running. Check it out. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. So as I said before, I listen, folks, it's not I get a lot of emails from people and it's weird. You know, when I was a supporter of President Trump, people accuse you of not being a supporter enough. I still am, by the way. And then when you're you're you're, you know, not as they perceive you as not being a supporter of President Trump, they want you not to be a supporter. This is one of those things, folks, you come to this show, I promise I am going to give you my personal opinion, but I'm going to judge this race reasonably like I did the last time. I promise you, you're going to have a home here. So don't worry about that. I don't want anyone to worry during this primary season. Let me say a couple of things about the speech before we get into it. I got some highlights here. Um, first, I was impressed. The speech was pretty buttoned up. It was issue oriented and was distraction free, uh, which is what's going to be needed because the, this primary process, if Ron DeSantis gets in, you're going to have probably Mike Pompeo, maybe Chris Christie and probably Larry Hogan too. Uh, in the race and probably more, maybe more, maybe Tim Scott. I'm not sure where he stands. You know, you're going to have people who are going to have constituencies and are going to make issues their thing. Kind of like Herman Cain, God rest his soul with a 999. And, you know, Stephen, um, uh, when Forbes ran for office, Steve Forbes with the flat tax, 
And what they do is they can knock off constituencies that way. You know, Rand Paul with the libertarians. So you got to be careful because you have to build uh, some kind of plurality to get through the primaries. So you got to be careful and keep your speeches buttoned up and distraction free or other people are going to start to parcel off your uh, parcel off your voters. You get what I'm saying, folks? Um, and, and remember, some of you out there, because I've heard this from a few people, a couple people have said to me, well, Trump's inevitable because what's going to happen is let's say 10 people run. Let's just throw a number out there. Say it's 10. Sounds reasonable, right? Trump's going to have his loyal, say, 30, 40 percent of the of the party, which is probably around right. Say low end, 30 percent just for the sake of numbers. Right. You say, well, he's going to if he gets 30 percent and the remaining nine, you know, split up 70 percent by simple math, he's probably going to win. But that's not the way primaries work, folks. The reason he's got to stay buttoned up like he did last night and keep the speech issues oriented, which I was impressed that he did, is because that's not the way primaries work at all. Come on. You all know this. After Iowa and New Hampshire, pretty much everyone who's not a serious candidate drops out, i.e. Kamala Harris last time. If you don't win in Iowa, and you, what happens, folks, is the money dries up. You may be on the ballot, but you're not in the race anymore. So I was really surprised. Like A lot of people I talked to seem to have, have forgotten how the primary process functions. So what's going to happen is after Iowa and New Hampshire, you're probably going to have only two or three serious candidates left. So the plurality game doesn't apply anymore. So he's got to be careful. He kept the focus, too, in the speech on the real problem, which is liberalism, not just Biden. Liberalism in general obviously hit Biden, which is important. So let's get through it. I want to get to the highlights. But one more quick note. I want to reemphasize this, folks. Um, again, I'm getting a lot of email. Your feedback matters to me. I really enjoy it. Um, I hope you enjoy me. Talking about your feedback because you matter. I like to hear what the audience is thinking. But again, it's strange. Some people accuse me of being too much of a Trump fan. And then others accuse me of being disloyal to Trump, which is really bizarre. I'm not kidding. In the same day, I'm gonna, maybe I'll show you some of the emails without the names in there. You'll see what I mean. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to give you analysis you need. And one of the things I got is, listen, this primary is going to be a disaster for the Republican Party. It's over. Forget it. DeSantis, Trump, they're going to eat each other alive. Everybody's going to hate each other. Forget it. We already lost, burned down the entire party. Uh, again, I'm going to say, again, I don't know where you're getting that from. What are you basing that on? The last time Trump won the presidency was 2016 when he had a primary. The trouble in 2020 was when he didn't have a primary. I don't know what you're basing that on. Barack Obama won the presidency after a brutal, brutal brawl with Hillary Clinton where her husband, Bill Clinton, was telling what Teddy Kennedy, remember, Joe, talking about Obama, that guy used to get us coffee. That, that <laughs> happened. Yeah. And he won. Yeah. George W. Bush had a brutal primary with McCain. He won. There is no evidence whatsoever. Please don't fret. You should be, if you're a Trump supporter or a DeSantis supporter, you should be like, this is awesome. A brutal primary. You know why? It weeds out chumps. This is politics. You want cutesy time? Get a freaking dog. I'm sorry. A lot of good candidates are going to run. The, the, the weak ones are going to get weeded out. The strong are going to survive. There is no evidence whatsoever that a brutal primaries hurt you in a presidential race. None. None. Okay, let's get to the speech. This was perfect. Uh, given what happened, the disaster in Maricopa County, Arizona, a disgrace of a race. Uh, in Arizona, where the uh, governor-elect, uh, as they're calling, or Katie Hobbs, I, I got to see these votes, all of them get counted for. I'm, I'm really, 
The process in Maricopa was a disaster. It was a perfect time last night for Trump to talk about uh, reform of our uh, of our process. And he did it the right way. He stayed focused on it, didn't get into any distractions. This was great. Here, check this out. I will immediately demand voter ID, same-day voting, and only paper ballots. Pretty simple stuff, right? Voter ID? Everybody's got an ID. Come on with the nonsense. We spoke about this over and over. Don't tell me black people can't get ID. If you're a racist, you believe that, okay? That's it. If you don't think black people and Hispanic uh, men and women can go get IDs, you're just a racist. I'm sorry. Because you're quietly saying and winking and nodding that they're too stupid to get IDs, which makes you a racist. And a hard one, not a soft one. You're not a soft bigot. You're like a hard, hard bigot. Okay? So end of that. Uh, Same day voting? Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, this is just logical. Also, paper ballots. I couldn't agree more. After the Arizona, Nevada, and uh, California debacles. California still count votes, folks. They still count votes. You realize it's a week after, it's more than a week after the election out there. So they still can't count a vote. This is embarrassing. Here's the second part of the speech. I thought were some of the highlights. He stayed positive about this. The American comeback. Listen, folks, I, again, I'm not a cutesy time guy. You want that? Get a dog. I got Lucy. Dogs love you no matter what. Politics is an ugly business. But I'm going to say this. Um, no one wants to vote for a depressing future. They just don't. There's a lot of stupid buzz terms around politics. Like people vote for the future, not the past, but they're true. They do. They vote for what they think America can be and what they want. They don't vote to run away from something else, typically. How do we know that? Because it just happened in the last election, which was a bit of a disappointment. Everybody said, oh my gosh, how did we not win the Senate? How do we not win these governorships? Well, we just didn't give, do a good enough job of painting a contrast. Here was those guys, but here's what we're going to do. We just didn't. Folks, the last election is evidence of that. People largely don't vote against the crap because sometimes people embrace the suck. As I said on my Fox show, when we were in a bad situation in my last job, we used to call it the suck. Sometimes you just embrace the suck. You just get used to it. You really do. You have to present a contrast showing people that the suck actually sucks and what you're going to do in the future. You need that positive foil. He did that last night. This was a really cool portion of the speech about the American comeback. Check this out. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests and... My fellow citizens, America's comeback starts right now. He should make that part of his campaign uh, ads going forward, folks. When you look at the best political ads of all time, and I'm not talking about best like a focus group. I'm talking about political ads that were run where polls actually changed and moved elections, right? Moved elections substantially. What do you think of, Joe? Morning in America by Reagan. It's, well, I'm getting chills just talking about messing. The Morning in America ad by Reagan was transformative. It just was. People loved the ad, the idea that this American renaissance was coming. I'll give you one on the other side, the Democrat side. Uh, again, not a fan of Bill Clinton, but his Hope Arkansas ad, showing this little kid and their aspirations and him shaking JFK's hand, showing this inevitability like he was the next JFK. That Hope Arkansas ad was transformative. Ask any Democrat consultant. It's a good one. It was amazing. Both of them were amazing because they presented a contrast, a positive future. Here's where we are, but here's but but here's what I'm going to fix and here's what we're going to make of it. Really, really important points, folks. Really important points. Con speaking of contrast, you do in a speech though have to point out where we are to make people aware of the suck. People will embrace the suck, folks. I'm not kidding. People will get used to anything. I was reading a story this morning about uh, Brittany Griner 
the WNBA basketball player who's in this horrible prison in Russia. They serve this, you know, watered down soup with bones in it that the cats won't even eat. And people, you know, a lot of people die of malnutrition and stuff like that. Folks, these situations are awful. But the crazy thing is, not that you're ever going to obviously not like it. It's horrible. But you will get used to anything. People embrace the suck. That's, I'm convinced that's what's happening right now with Biden. Things aren't bad enough to buzz people and wake them up. They've embraced the suck, and they're convinced that it's not Biden that's doing it. It's not that bad. Well, they're not then. Yes, they are, or they wouldn't have voted for more of it. I'm just giving you the facts. So it's important in a speech, although you want to portray a positive future. Hope Arkansas, Morning in America, the American Comeback. You still have to point out to people that the suck really sucks now so we can move on. He did that with this contrast last night. Foils matter, right? You know, you put diamonds on a specific color background, you'll see more luster. You put them on another color background, it just looks like a bland diamond. Foils matter. Contrast. Life's about contrast. He did this last night with Biden. Check this out. The world was at peace. America was prospering. And our country was on track for an amazing future because I made big promises to the American people. And unlike other presidents, I kept my promises. I kept them. You see what he did there with the contrast? The world was at peace. What he's winking and nodding at is that they're not now. When I was there, you didn't have this chaos. Contrasts are important. He did that last night. They're great. They really paint in people's heads that the, the, this, this imagery tattooed on their cerebral cortex that the suck really sucks and we need something different other than the suck. Don't let people embrace the suck. You got to remind them. I know it sounds silly, but it, I'm, I'm not messing with you. The people will embrace conditions that are really bad. They will embrace it and get used to it if you don't remind them that there's something else. There's a light outside of that tunnel. Here's the last one from last night. Um, this is a huge winner. Uh, if he runs with this, this will be a huge winner. We, we had a problem, uh, the Trump campaign. Well, I wasn't part of it. I shouldn't say we, but I was, I'm a Trump supporter, obviously. We had a problem with uh, suburban moms. We just did. A lot of suburban moms just didn't buy into the MAGA agenda. They just didn't. I wish they had. It was better uh, for them, their kids, their prosperity. But they didn't. One of the things grossly unpopular with suburban moms, suburban dads, candidly everyone, but I think can make some inroads into that uh, community, communities, are these mandates. A lot of these parents were fired from their jobs because they didn't want to get the vaccine. A lot of their kids were thrown out of schools for not getting vaccines. The mandates were devastating. The mask mandates, parents hated them with their kids in face diapers all day. A lot of these are coming back, these mask mandates, folks. So this last night is a huge winner. Here's Trump on these mandates and what he's going to do with people who are fired. If he sticks with this and keeps this focused, again, issue-oriented, distraction-free, this message is an absolute winner. Check this out. We will abolish every Biden COVID mandate and rehire every patriot who was fired from our military with an apology and full back pay. With an apology. I love that. You know what? This, guy, this is what I love. It's never good enough for him to like stick it to you. He's got to put the cherry on top. That, I, I personally, I love that. I think that's the best part. That he sticks with that. It's a huge winner. A huge winner. Now, folks, Trump can't win. I'm not telling you every criticism of Donald Trump from the media is illegitimate. Come on, let's not be silly, okay? It's not going to help Donald Trump or anyone else, for me or anyone else, to lie to you about where we stand and where we're going. 
If something he does is messed up, then we got to talk about it on the show. All right. But the mainstream media has become just clownish. You know, playbook, we go there every morning to see it's the Bible of the left to see what the lefties are talking about. Play, playbook should give me like a, what do you think? Like a, a royalty? Like a, the, what's his name from Shark Tank? Kevin O'Leary wants royalties. I should get a royalty for this. Yeah, I know. Total clown show. Here it is. So when Trump goes out there and gives a bombastic, passionate speech, maybe says some things he'd like to take back, probably like the, the sanctimonious line. I bet he want to take that back, right? When he says something like that, the media is all unhinged. He's crazy, lunatic, right? They're sweating. They're peeing themselves. But last night's speech was a good one. It was disciplined. Again, completely issue-oriented and almost entirely distraction-free last night. And what's playbook? Instead of playbook saying, you know, Donald Trump out there, focused, serious, you get none of that. You get crap like this. But for many of those in the room and watching at home, the supposed spectacle was a dud. Was he even there? That's not what I got from people who are actually, I don't know what he's talking about, what they're talking about. Where was the buzz, the energy, the thrill? Trump appeared tired. Worst of all, many thought his 63-minute speech was plain old boring. Uh, I, again, folks, you, you I, I don't know what to tell you, but just discount these people. Just read it, laugh it off, and move on. Because they're just not serious people. Here, here's taxpayer-funded NPR. How this entity gets taxpayer funding is so embarrassing. Here's their analysis of last night. This is with your tax dollars, by the way, from their, this is comical, from their blue checkmark account. Breaking. Donald Trump, who tried to overthrow the results of the 2020 election and inspired a deadly riot at the Capitol in a desperate attempt to keep himself in power, has filed to run for president again in 2024. This is, folks, come on. This, this is silly time. Again, thank you, Joe. Total clown time. Yep. There's a multiple clown time at once. It's clown time. And you can be clown. See, that's the thing. Like, I defend the First Amendment and freedom of the press, and you have the right to be stupid, which NPR takes us up on every time. You just don't have the right to my tax dollars. <laughs> right, right, right. They, and Sagis brings up a good point. Now, they still insist they're unbiased. Just admit it, guys. You're activists. It's okay. It's okay. We know that. Nobody pays any serious attention to you. We know that. We know you're activists. For the Republican House coming in, that's going to be led by Republicans, thankfully. Defunding NPR should be right back on the menu. I know Biden's not going to sign it. I know it's not going to pass the Senate. That's fine. We need to send a message. Ridiculous. Taxpayer money. Um, I want to get to one last point here about the polls. Let me, let me get to my next sponsor first. But you're going to see now a bevy of polls now that Trump's officially in. Trump DeSantis, Trump Pompeo, Trump DeSantis Pompeo, Trump Hogan Pompeo. You're going to see all these polls. Folks, I'm going to show you some hard evidence here in just a second before I get on to DeSantis, his response, and some other stuff. Just please ignore the polls. I think this last election was an indicator that they just are not accurate uh, indicators of where the public is. They're just not. They're a waste of your time. Again, it's a scale that's reliably wrong. It's not measuring your weight. It's just not. You can get on it all you want. Ignore them. Let's come more on that in a second. Uh, I began using GenuCell's most popular package recently. I went to get a facial, and the technician said I have impeccable skin. And she's seen 20-year-olds that don't have skin as nice as mine. Who's that? That's Julia from Arlington, Texas, who's blown away by the results she saw from GenuCell. And from now until Thanksgiving, treat yourself to GenuCell's most popular package for 70, 70, 70% off at GenuCell.com now. Treat yourself to the only skincare products you'll ever need, finally. 
And during this holiday season, every most popular package order includes GenuCell's Hyaluronic Acid Correcting Serum free when you add to the cart. GenuCell products delight men and women just like you with inspiring results by correcting their daily skin problems like wrinkles, dark spots, dry skin, sagging jawlines, facial redness, and even those annoying bags and puffiness. And with its immediate effects, GenuCell guarantees results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Order at GenuCell.com slash Dan. Your most popular package includes a complimentary gift set plus express shipping. GenuCell.com slash Dan, uh, slash Dan, G-E-N. U-C-E-L, genucel.com slash Dan. Thanks, genucel. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Uh, folks, just before I get to that, a quick note I should have mentioned at the beginning of the show. Um, we will be at the Patriot Awards recording the podcast tomorrow. That should be an interesting backdrop, so it may look a little different. So you may want to check that out. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, Friday, we have, we confirmed, right, with Julie? We have Julie Kelly. We're going to talk everything FBI, January 6th, FBI informants inside of January 6th, the bomber. Uh, bomber at the DNC headquarters, everything. So that's going to be an awesome show. Don't miss that. Okay. Uh, Christopher Tremoli has a piece, uh, Tremoli has a piece up in Washington Examiner. It's in my newsletter today. Can we finally stop listening to election pollsters? He goes through the history of how wrong they've been. It's in my newsletter. If you want to read it, it's bongino.com slash newsletter. And the premise of the piece is simple. Polls suck and they're typically wrong and we should just ignore them. You want the evidence? It's in the piece. I put it up there for you to see. You can read the whole thing. But I cite this a lot, and I, I don't put the headline up. Some of you may think I was kidding. Here's just more evidence, especially, not should we just ignore polls, but with polls with regards to Trump, completely, totally ignore them. This was an article. Look at the date, October 24, 2016. We're talking about just a couple weeks before the election in 2016, the presidential This is an actual piece by the Washington Post. I took a screenshot. I keep it forever. I'm going to frame it, I think. It's by Chris Saliza and Aaron Blake. Donald Trump's chances of winning are approaching zero. Now think about how dumb it is to write an article like that. You're a couple weeks out. No one's chances of winning are ever zero. That's obvious. I mean, even in a D plus 50 district, there's still a chance. It's a small one, but it's a chance. This was a ridiculous piece to write. Well, It's not ridiculous when you're an activist and not an actual serious member of the media. When you're a serious media person, you don't write articles like that because you don't want to face plant later on. Just ignore the polls. These are activists. These are not serious news people when it comes to Trump and frankly, any conservative. They love Mitt Romney. So uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't cover uh, Ron DeSantis as well. He's a fantastic governor down here in my state of Florida. Listen, I'm just giving you my opinion. I base this on zero inside information at all. If I did, I wouldn't say it. If I had the information, um, I only talk about things that are public and the speculation is growing. I'm telling you, the guy's running. I'd be stunned if he's not uh, Ron DeSantis. I think it'll be a while before he announces he just won his election handily. So he was asked yesterday by a reporter about uh, some of the attacks by Donald Trump on him. And uh, here was his response. I'll address this on the other side, but check this out. One of the things I've learned, like learned in this job is um, 
when you're do when you're leading, when you're getting getting things done, yeah, you take incoming fire. That's just the nature of it. Uh, I roll out of bed in the morning. I've got corporate media outlets that have a spasm just the fact that I'm getting up in the morning, and it's constantly attacking. And this is just what's happened. I don't think any governor got attacked more, particularly by corporate media, than me over my four-year term. And yet, I think what you what you learn is all that's just noise. And really what matters is, are you leading? Are you getting in front of issues? Uh, are you delivering results for people? And are you standing up for folks? And if you do that, then none of that stuff matters. And, and that's what we've done. We focused on results and leadership. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I would just uh, tell people to go check out the scoreboard from last Tuesday night. Listen, it's a good response. Neither should make it personal. It's a huge mistake. It is, because when you make it personal, what happens is after the primary, after the primary, people will come back home to the GOP. I just told you before, don't get crazy about primaries. They're not going to ruin anyone. Problem is, it takes a little while afterwards. And Joe and I have been through these before. We've, I've been in primaries myself. I mean, he's been in political talk radio for, gosh, 20, 30 years. Who knows? I mean, a long time. And they always say this. You always get the supporters of DeSantis who are going to say, I'm not voting for Trump. And you'll get the Trump supporters. I'm not voting for DeSantis once they make it personal. That's why I think it's a bad idea. And I'm glad they didn't or so far. And I hope they don't. They're both good guys. They've done a great job. Having said that, they will come home, but it just takes a while. So I strongly encourage everyone to just don't get baited into this attacking the other guy's supporters. It's just a bad idea. It rarely, if ever, works. And people are going to eventually come home. So don't delay the process. The best man is going to win. The best man's going to win. So, all right, move on. By the way, like I said before, too, you're going to see Pompeo, I think, and Hogan. I think those are the two most likely. Larry Hogan's got zero chance. I expect Larry Hogan, the governor of Maryland, to finish second, possibly even third in a primary in Maryland, if he even stayed in that long. It would be an embarrassing campaign. There was no market for big-time rhinos like Hogan in a conservative primary. There just isn't. I don't know what he's thinking even talking about it, but his ego is enormous, as me and Joe, unfortunately, have figured out the hard way many times, being no one Maryland politics. All right, now let me move on. So I was on the air yesterday when it came over on multiple media outlets, as always. You know, you can, I can only report on a live radio show. See, the nice part about the podcast is the Bongino rule takes effect naturally, which is give a story 24 to 72 hours. Um, not before you talk about it, because you got to talk about it, but before you draw a conclusion, let the evidence kind of come through. Well, I didn't have that choice on the radio show yesterday because it broke on the air while we were on the air. Russian missile hits Poland, and I'm on the air like, oh, gosh, here we go, because you know my stance on this. Folks. We have got everybody on each, every, the temperature, dial that baby down. I don't want a nuclear freaking war. I'm not looking to go Book of Eli or Viggo Mortensen the road, okay? I'm not looking for Walking Dead. I don't want the apocalypse, and neither should anyone else. So a right away to talk, oh, Article 5, Poland's got to respond. They're a NATO country. Article 5, collective defense. I said to everyone on the radio yesterday, I had a report what I saw. It was coming over. It's a live radio. I wanted people tuning out to go get crap elsewhere. We need to kind of calm down and let measured heads digest what's happening right now because we don't, World War III and nuclear war is not an option. Well, now it turns out today 
Here's the Washington Post, by the way, their tweet. Poland's a member of NATO, a strike on the country. Here we go with the Article 5. Could thus invoke NATO's Article 5, which states an armed attack against any one of the members in Europe or North America shall be considered an attack against them all, and force may be used. Maybe before we kind of jump ahead, we should figure out where the actual missile came from. Early reports were that it came from Russia. Folks, I got to tell you, man, trying to say this the right way, given that this is we're talking about a war in Ukraine and people dying and potential for World War III. I want to give you sober, reasonable analysis. I don't believe anything I hear anymore. This has become a propaganda and PR war as much as it's become a war on the ground. I'm dead serious. I don't, I'm, I don't believe anything anymore. First, it was a Russian missile, and now they're saying it was a Ukrainian missile responding to a Russian missile. Let me give you Biden. Here's why, honestly, here's why I, I don't believe either story. I, need, I want evidence. Show me evidence and I'll believe it. Here's Biden saying it's unlikely it's a Russian missile to the press corps yesterday, implying that it was a Ukrainian missile, which has been the reporting out there now. Check this out. Who are you to say whether this missile was fired from Russia? There is preliminary information that contests that. I don't want to say that until we completely investigate. But it, it is, uh, I, 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 it's unlikely in the minds of the trajectory that it was fired from Russia. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I love Biden's line, Joe. I don't want to say anything until we have the evidence, but let me just say it. Well, if you don't want to say anything, just don't say it. You know? Remember the G.I. Jane line, with the, the Me More movie? People who don't want to make statements, don't make statements about not making statements. Just don't say anything. You may say... I, Listen, every time I talk about this, I get a thousand emails and it's okay. I'm sure, Gee, you read to him too in the comments. Dan, it's a false flag. Dan, we got to hit the Russians. I get them from all sides. You're all f- allowed to have your opinion. It's a free country. I support it. I appreciate the feedback sincerely. Having said that, I don't believe any of it. I believe evidence and I want to see evidence. It probably was at this point uh, Ukrainian. I don't know that. And I don't trust anyone anymore. Well, Dan, why would Biden lie about that? Folks, come on, think it through. Think it through for a second. If it was a Russian attack, why, if, if it was a Ukrainian attack, why would the Ukrainians want you to believe it was Russia? Well, obviously, the Ukrainians are trying to drag us into this thing for more money and more support. Look what the Russians did. Get them. You get it? Well, why would Biden have a motivation then to say the opposite, that it was unlikely a Russian attack? You got to go through all of this. SWOT analysis, folks, every time. Don't accept any kind of PR without evidence. Evidence. Biden doesn't. Biden's weak, folks. Biden does not want to respond. He knows this war is grossly unpopular with a lot of people on the left, too. If Biden acknowledges it was a Russian attack, it's going to force pressure by a lot of hawks out there to increase their involvement in Ukraine. Don't accept the story at face value, please. Evidence. Evidence matters. I don't believe anything until I see the damn evidence. And you should. And if the, by the way, if the fact checkers start jumping on this today, whatever they say, the opposite is most likely true. That you know, that's guaranteed. 
All right, coming up next from the We Warned You file about spying, another conspiracy theory, Joe, another conspiracy theory proven true. We're out of conspiracy theories, as I said on Fox last night. If you can send us some new ones, I deeply appreciate it. First, our <laughs> next sponsor, our personal favorite here. We're all big eaters of Omaha steaks because it's delicious. Falls in the air, and that means grilling with cookouts, tailgate parties, and so much more. Well, I've got the solution for you. Luckily, the flavor experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to savor all the flavors of fall with their mouth-watering assortment of perfectly aged steaks, mm. hungry, ultra-juicy burgers, and easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Now's the perfect time to load up on all this incredible flavor and take advantage of 50% off site-wide by shopping the friends and family sale at omahasteaks.com. Do me a favor. Use my promo code Bongino at checkout, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. To get $30 off your order. It's great savings. I just had these the other night. They were spectacular. Love them. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com and stock up today. Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It's the best steak of your life. Guaranteed. And don't forget to score that extra $30 off your order when you use code Bongino at checkout. Omaha Steaks is perfect for those chilly and busy fall nights. You won't come close to getting this kind of quality at the grocery store. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code Bongino at checkout. Minimum order may be required. Thanks, Omaha Steaks. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, and they're all made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. So we don't waste your time here, ever. Not my bag of donuts. And one of the things, being a former Fed myself, I am very, very hesitant to openly accept the first explanation of federal law enforcement agencies that have guns and badges and can take your lives. Because when I was inside, I saw some lying too. And I don't like me some lying. I don't like that. So I had told you a while back about this program. Uh, it's from an Israeli company called NSO. And the program is called Pegasus. What is Pegasus? No, again, it's not the winged horse. Pegasus is what's called no-click spyware. No-click. So click spyware, obviously, you get an email that says, look, you want a million dollars, click here. Well, your phone's hijacked. They got your camera. They got your microphone. They've got your Google Maps, your Apple Maps. They've got your Waze. They've got everything. So you might say to yourself, yeah, I'm not stupid. I don't click on stuff. Well, what if they just send you something, whether you click on it or not, it's irrelevant. Well, that's Pegasus, folks. All I need is your number or your email, and your phone is my phone. I've been very concerned about Pegasus because it's been used around the world to do some really, really bad stuff. So right around July of last year, as we started talking about the dangers of Pegasus, Something interesting happened. The FBI immediately fired. We're not using Pegasus. We just looked at it one time and I said, remember this, Joe? I'm not so sure that's true. Yep. Because I don't believe anything the FBI says anymore because the FBI's history of lying to us is just profound and deep. Sure enough, believe it or not, 
in a random act of journalism, which is crazy. The New York Times broke a story. Internal documents show how close the FBI came to deploying Pegasus. Christopher Wray, the FBI director, told Congress last December that the Bureau purchased Pegasus for research and development purposes. Remember that? Oh, we're not, we weren't even thinking about it. But really, the slimes here, again, in a crazy act of journalism once in a while, you can see up here says that the FBI did consider using Pegasus. Folks, they cannot be trusted. They can't be trusted. The temptation is too great. Go back to that first screenshot a second. I just want to show you something. The New York Times uh, shows that the FBI officials made a push in late 2020, in the first half of 2021, to deploy the hacking tools in its own criminal investigations, meaning criminal investigations against you. You're going to start sending spying tools out there? Folks, I brought this up in, you know, and in, in in this is not hyperbole. I, it may sound as much, but. Weapons like this are going to exist. This is a spying weapon, not a tactical one. But we can live in a world where these things exist because they're going to. They're going, you, you're never going to destroy them, you understand? It's like nuclear weapons. Oh, we need to live in a nuclear-free world. You keep talking. I'll keep trying to get the rules of engagement because nuclear weapons are never, ever going away, ever. The temptation is too great. Do you understand? The temptation to spy is too great, too. So what's the solution, Dan? What do we do? Folks, rules of engagement and clear rules on when and where these things will be used. Allowing the FBI to interpret how they can use Pegasus, you are absolutely opening yourself up to an abuse of power and Pegasus being everywhere. You need any more evidence of FBI malfeasance? Rules of engagement. What are the rules for the program? What are the rules? Congress needs to get involved here. Now, I want to show you something interesting because sometimes, you know, on this show, I, you know, we all get a little frustrated. It seems like we're dealing with this 30 front war. Boom, punch here, punch your body blows. You're dropping your elbows, it punches you in the face, right? I want to show you that you all can make a difference and the show can too. So they note in uh, part, this is from the New York Times, by the way. They note here that in July of 2022, the FBI eventually decided not to employ Pegasus. That's interesting. Because, um, excuse me, July of 2021, the FBI makes a decision. Ixnay, we're going to access Pegasus. Let me show you my podcast. Let me show you a very specific screenshot. Oh, look at that. The Dan Bongino show. July of 2021. What is Pegasus? He's <laughs> Why are they hiding the Pegasus scandal? July 20th, 2021. What is Pegasus? July 19th, 2021. Listen, as my Aunt Jane, my godmother, God rest her soul, used to say again, self-praise thinks, but this isn't self-praise. It's you praise. You listen to the show. Look at the numbers on that show. This is just a video version. 200,000 views, 151,000. It's probably another 800,000 audio listens. We get far more on the audio side. You did this. I told you what Pegasus was. You made a big deal out of it. And the FBI backed down. We weren't the only ones. It wasn't just us. But you can change things. Public pressure matters. Don't think your voice is irrelevant. It isn't. Ask for clear rules of engagement on this in the future. 
and restrictions on how this thing can be deployed that are written and codified because they're not going away. Um, Clay Higgins yesterday, Clay Higgins, a congressman, a pretty good guy. Clay Higgins had FBI Director Chris Ray up there yesterday about another scandal we covered yesterday on the show. The FBI's insertion of potentially up to 20 informants, confidential human sources, um, into people involved in the January 6th incident over there. Which was interesting because along with Pegasus being termed a conspiracy theory uh, by a lot of lunatics, we were proven right on that. Uh, Julie Kelly and Darren Beatty, who covered this, and we covered their stories too, um, said that there were FBI informants. And they were called conspiracy theorists and nuts too. Now it turns out that's absolutely true. Watch Christopher Ray squirm yesterday when asked about this. This guy's the worst, folks. I, really, he may be worse than Jim Comey. Check this out. Does the FBI have confidential human sources? Uh, did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters on January 6th of 2021? Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when. Even our, now, because that's what you I, told us two years finish? ago. May I finish? Uh, about when we do and do not and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being open? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a can no. Say. Can you not tell the American people no? We did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentlemen's time has expired. You know, listen, uh, I get the whole idea that if there's an active case going on, you probably don't want to share things. That's not my issue with Ray. My issue with Ray is the FBI is constantly putting out statements denying things that turn out later to be true. And then they go back and pretend the original statement never happened. And sometimes the statements aren't formal statements. They're anonymous sources say. It's just garbage. You just can't trust these people anymore. Whether informants in there or not. New York Times seems to know it by a Freedom of Information Act request. So just come out and tell the truth. Julie knew it. Darren knew it year, a year ago. This is crazy. Let me get to my last sponsor, but I want to show you another failure coming up next. They had my Orcus up there. I got that. And then the Paul Pelosi story. Holy Moses. Again, whenever fact check, we're going to call them hack checkers from now on. Whenever hack checkers get involved and they show interest in censoring a story, you're almost guaranteed the story's true. Again, with this Paul Pelosi thing, this is another sign. Never, ever believe the hack checkers. Ever. The story continues to get weirder. I like that. Hack checkers. That's, that's a good one. Hack check. Well, that's it. That's the only way to describe these idiots. Folks, We the People holsters. This is my actual We the People holster for my Glock 43. I love this one. It's one of my personal favorites. Almost every week you hear me talk about We the People holsters and what a great company they are. We the People holsters has been a partner of the show for a long time. One of our original sponsors. They don't just do holsters. You'll see me wearing their shirts on the show a lot. I get asked all the time where I get them from. It's We the People holsters. Their shirts are a world above the rest, but here's why. 
Not only do they have the most patriotic and pro-Second Amendment designs, all of their shirts are made in the USA down to the very cotton. We're talking about cotton grown in America, sewn in America, printed in America, and shipped right to your door. Doesn't get any more American than that, folks. Check out their line of American-made shirts at wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan and use code DAN25, that's DAN25, to save 25% off your order. While you're there, also check out their complete line of custom printed holsters, revolutionary, their revolutionary freedom holster platform, and their fantastic industry-leading gun belts. I've got them. That's wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Offer code Dan25. Folks, I know the holidays are right around the corner. Their shirts are amazing. Send them to your patriotic friends. They love them. We wear them all the time here. We're always representing the We the People Holster shirts. Check them out. Okay, just quickly, here is um, more evidence that the left has embraced the suck, where I was pointing out before how Trump has to point out and wake people up that they're living in a bad situation by showing a contrast. Alejandro Mayorkas, our DHS secretary, needs to be impeached. The man is just a disgrace. He's an embarrassing disgrace. We know the border's open. Why do we know the border's open? Because we have cameras there. We're watching people pile in. We have the numbers. 200,000 encounters at the border. In the Trump years, it was 60, 70,000. Now it's 200,000. We had a couple of years of 100. This is more than double. Stop lying all the time. Here's this disgrace of a human being, Mayorkas, again insisting yesterday that the border is secure. Take a listen to this. Do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security, Congressman. Right. Folks, it's just more proof. I, I, you know, I, I made this. I don't put that up to make fun of the guy. I mean, there's nothing funny about an open border with terrorists, drugs, and illegal immigrants piling into our country 200 plus thousand a month. I don't even know what the gotaways are. You can't. They got away. Potential terrorists in there. We have no idea. Drug runners, potential sex offenders. We have no idea who these people are. None. The problem here is, again, my theory that it just isn't bad enough yet because people are, Biden has made, this is unbelievable, but he's made the situation in the United States, the current political climate, so bad for everyone that I swear they become accustomed to it. It's up to us to wake them up and create contrast before this next election so we don't fail again like we did on the Senate side in these gubernatorial races this time. It's critical. All right. Um, Speaking of hack checkers, like I was before, the minute they pounce on a story and try to censor it, immediately it should say to you that the Democrats have something to hide. Now, this Paul Pelosi story, ladies and gentlemen, was just weird from the start. It's horrible. A guy got hit with a hammer. It could have died. I mean, obviously. It's a horrible situation. It doesn't require any kind of... uh, you know, other deeper analysis than that. It's a terrible thing. But again, we're talking about the husband to the Speaker of the House of the United States of America. Whether they want to be or not, they're public figures. Given some of his issues in the past, it's going to be a public story. So it's kind of weird how just basic facts of what happened to the guy keep getting, what do we say, misconstrued intentionally? Yes. It's not hard to figure out who answered the damn door at the house. The police have body cameras. Just show us the body camera video. They won't do it. And then they get crazy when they hide information and people fill in the information holes themselves. Here, take a look. This is an NBC report. 
from the local NBC outlet talking about how the San Francisco DA had one story in their court documents and the Department of Justice had a completely different story about who answered the door to the house when the police showed up. Check this out. This all has to do with the moments, seconds really, just before Paul Pelosi was struck in the head with a hammer inside his San Francisco home. Now there continues to be con contradicting accounts of a relatively simple question. Who opened the door that night when San Francisco police arrived to the Pelosi house? Now the Department of Justice says the two officers opened the door. That's according to a federal indictment filed earlier this week. But the San Francisco District Attorney's Office in another court document that was filed earlier this month said Mr. Pelosi opened the door with his left hand. So the question is, what really happened? According to a source familiar with the investigation who personally watched the police body camera footage from that night, officers knocked on the door of the Pelosi home, then backed away. And the video clearly shows Paul Pelosi opened the door with his left hand, just like what was noted in the documents filed by the DA's office. Now, also as written in the DA docs, the source tells us the body cam video shows officers having a brief conversation with Pelosi and David DePap. That's the man accused of breaking into the Pelosi home before DePap starts beating Pelosi with a hammer. We reached out to the Department of Justice for an explanation on its differing account of this seemingly innocuous issue of who opened the door. But so far, we have not heard back. Folks, again, I don't believe anything unless I see evidence. I don't care who puts it out there. I just don't believe anything until I see actual evidence. I don't know what happened inside the house. You know why? I wasn't there. And it's clear at this point, authorities are withholding evidence like the freaking body camera. But do not attack other people, the hack checkers out there, for stating the obvious and then kind of speculating on what may have happened. Now, there's no reason for like ridiculous uh, hyperbolic theories if we don't have evidence on it. But of course, there are going to be people curious as to why the body camera footage hasn't been released if this is a simple story like they're making it out to be. Where's the body cam? Just release it. Here, while we're on the topic of the hack checkers, because we're going to see more of this, my last story of the day, but it's an important one. The Great Reset. They are freaking out the left, the hack checkers and the Media Matters goons and others over the Great Reset because they know we're on to the plot now. So Media Matters, what's the rule of Media Matters, guys? Whenever they tell us not to talk about something, we talk about it twice just to give you the double barrel. You know what? They're not family friendly just for you. I care nothing about what Media Matters is, nothing at all. Matter of fact, again, my audience is exponentially geometrically larger than yours. So this is a, you, this is a, I mean, you want to talk about an L. You are dropping a massive L. Nobody reads your stuff, yet they do read my stuff. So you write stuff trying to get me to stop talking about stuff, which only incentivizes me to talk about it more and give you the double barrel. You can't win. Remember Adrian? You can't win, Rock and Rocky Four. You can't win. So I saw this uh, piece up at Media Matters by uh, Ted McDonald. I'll show you his picture in a minute, this loser. But uh, I'll get to the piece in a second. But they seem really worried about my show on Fox talking about the Great Reset, which again incentivizes me to talk about it more, which is really weird because the Great Reset is a book by Klaus Schwab. I'll show you that in a second, who uh, is, uh, runs the World Economic Forum. And Klaus Schwab just gave a speech in front of world leaders 
And media matters, people are like, no, no, no. This isn't about a restructuring of the economy, the Great Reset, or anything like that. That's really weird because here's Klaus Schwab talking about a restructuring of the economy in front of world leaders. Check this out. Of course, if you look at all the challenges, we can speak about the multi-crisis. An economic, a political, a social, an ecological, an institutional crisis. But actually... What we have to confront is a deep, systemic, and structural restructuring of our world. And this will take some time. And the world will look differently after we have gone through this transition process. Fellas, every, every, every time, every time. So here's media matters. Again, this is how you know the Great Reset. They're only worried we're on to them. Okay? Here's the piece. Again, here's Ted McDonald. Uh, show the screenshot from the piece. Because, again, these people, if they got any dumber, it'd be clinical. Here's Ted. You'd see Ted right there. Look at him. He looks like a really particularly bright guy. He's a researcher on climate. Well, maybe he should have researched that clip. Ted, very, uh, very bright guy. Brilliant individual, as you can tell. There's the actual book called The Great Reset by <laughs> Klaus Schwab. They can actually read the book called Klaus Schwab. He's a researcher, Joe. Maybe he should, you know, research okay. the actual book. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. If you read the piece, the Media Matters piece, which is a desperation cry from Ted McDonald, probably trying to get a job somewhere. Um, Ted's desperate to claim this isn't some effort to restructure anything. No, not at all. Well, maybe you should listen to Klaus, uh, Ted. You know, you are a researcher after all. And that says to you what? Hack checkers and media matters when they're concerned about something and they want to censor it it's because they don't want you to know what they're up to, which has the opposite effect of what they think they're doing. You know, let me get through this last one. One last story. Read this in the newsletter. I'm going to get too deep into it. I'm not a doctor or medical professional here, but this is a serious problem, folks. Tucker Carlson did a show on this at Fox. Everybody laughed. They thought it was hilarious. Oh, look at Tucker. Talking about sperm mobility and sperm counts declining and male fertility. Yeah, you think it's funny? Oh, that's hilarious. Like the decline of humankind. What was that show? With, what was that movie? Guy? Do you know the one with um, the actor Clive, Clive Owen? Or Clive, they, he's like, there's no more babies can be born. You're a movie guy. They, you really want that? You, uh, here's an article in The Hill. It's actually interesting. Male fertility crash is accelerating worldwide. Oh, really? COVID, all this other stuff. Chemicals in the water, compounds, endocrine disruptors, kind of an important thing, no? The whole male fertility decline and decline of humankind. Joe, concerning? On the 1 to 10 scale, I'd give that an 8.7. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the liberal media thinks it's all the fact checkers will be on this soon, too. Ah, good, good. Uh, yeah, yeah, good, because we want humanity uh, to continue. It's a good thing. All right, folks, uh, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to the podcast if you wouldn't mind. It helps us stay on the charts. It means a lot to me, and I deeply appreciate it. It's free on Apple, Spotify, and of course on Rumble. We are this close to 2.5 million subscribers on Rumble. Rumble.com slash Bongino. That's a huge, huge effort. 2.5 million. We haven't even been on the platform that long. And uh, I'm really impressed. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'll see you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.